welcome to The Practical Prophetic, where prophetic ministry is made practical. I'm Beth Wingate, I'm your host, and welcome to the podcast. On our podcast today, we are continuing our series on prophetic navigation. We're talking today about prophetically navigating betrayal. We're taking difficult topics and sort of dissecting them from a prophetic standpoint. And on the show today is my mom, Judy, back on the show. Welcome, Mom. Hi, Beth. I enjoy it. Yes, everybody loves when you're on here. So today we're going to talk about betrayal. You've been in ministry now for several years, and so you've experienced (laughs) some betrayal in your lifetime. And so I thought you would be the perfect person to talk about betrayal in ministry or in uh, relationships or in everyday life and to help us not only navigate those things from a practical standpoint, but to apply the prophetic. And so that's where I really want to dig in. Yes. Amen. Before I get started, I was going to read a couple of quotes, Mm -hmm. and I was going to give us some of the biblical definitions of betrayal. So let me start with this quote. It says, each betrayal begins with trust. So betrayal is a violation of our trust. Here's another quote. It says, betrayal never really comes from our enemies. That's right. Yep. And then this last one said, betrayal is a violation of trust. And so anytime our trust is violated, that can really leave some damage in any kind of relationship. So that's not a good thing. Let's give us the Hebrew word for betray. So that is Strong's H7411. And it means to shoot, to trick, or to mislead, which I thought was really interesting. It also means to cast or to throw. And so that one really kind of uh, was interesting to look at. And then the Greek version of that word is G3860. And it means to give power to another person or to be taken. It can even mean to be taken captive. And so that's interesting, too, that betrayal can, I think that's talking about uh, like a mental, it can be a mental prison or um, uh, capture you mentally. And so that's something that you have to overcome. You know, we say some things require deliverance and some things require discipline. And I think it's Jensen Franklin that says, you cannot discipline that which needs deliverance and you cannot deliver that which needs discipline. I agree. So I thought that'd be a great place to to start and to pass it off to you and uh, just let you share some of the things you had on your heart. Okay, the first thing I want to say is that the person or persons of all the different cases that have ever betrayed me, I just want you to know that I forgive them and I don't dwell on them. But if this can help somebody to their self navigate a betrayal by the Spirit of the Lord and can go through it and be a better person and can see God's hand in everything, I think that's a plus. And so that's the only reason I would even share these things because if you've been betrayed then you know that there's a betrayer and it's a person that you cared for and 
I have no desire to cast a shadow on them or give them, what is it, shade or anything. Right, shade. Uh, I have no desire to do that. So uh, with that being said, I'm going to talk about these as if it were another person because that's the way it is with me. It isn't, I can talk about it and I don't have any of the feelings or whys or any of that. I just have it. It's like looking at a, a, a movie or something and that it's somebody else. Anyway, my the first betrayal I'm going to talk about is someone who was what I would call a best friend. And this best friend, we both taught kindergarten, and this best friend, she was not in church. She dressed provocatively. She wanted to teach the kids a Kathleen, back then, Kathleen Woodowis book. And I had read, before I got born again, several of the Kathleen Woodowis books. So I knew what they were about. Anyway, I came in to work, and I saw that she had all these girls the girls that came back from uh, school that were older that were in daycare. And she had this book, and she was reading to them, and she was inflecting and making it very interesting. And afterward, I talked to her, and because she was like, at that time, she was like my project that I witnessed to her a lot. And I said, why don't you read them scripture instead of these stories? And I said, because they're, they're really more mature than those girls are. And she said, the Bible, it's boring. And I went, oh, okay. And so I went home, and I found the, the story of Amnon and Tamar, his sister. And when I went back to school, we had these half doors that we could talk to each other. And our rooms were separated, but yet there was half door. Anyway, I said, come here, I want to read something to you. And she said, what? And I started reading, and it was, and Amnon was sick for his sister because of his love, and he told his daddy, I'm sick, can Tamar come and make some cakes in front of me so that I can get better? We, he needed somebody from the palace because it could have been poison. That's the first thing they would think of if they had an upset stomach, was, oh my goodness, I'm next in line or down the line to be a king. Anyway, so David said, okay, and he sent Tamar in there to cook for him. And the first thing he did was he told all the men, go out. And then he told uh Tamar to come there, and she did. 
and he grabbed her, and him being more strong than her, he, and I shut the Bible. I said, you know, that boring book, the Bible. And she said, what happened? What happened? And I said, you'll have to read the Bible, but it may be too boring for you. (laughs) And I told her the scripture to go to, and that was it. But anyway, through the years, instead of a project, someone I'm ministering to, the line got blurred. And she became my close friend. She named her child after my child. She, it was like anything I did, she kind of did it. The same, you know, and uh, everything went fine until I went through a very rough, rough patch. My mother was dying. My business, the person that was my manager, was stealing from me. Had problems there. My husband and I had problems. Um, seems like there was one or two more. Anyway, it, and these were all major problems. And so I went with her and two of my friends who had never met her to the beach. And she launched a full-out coup against me with first these two girls. And when I needed a friend the most, I love the saying, a friend is one that runs in when everyone runs out. Well, she didn't just run out. She held the door open and screamed for everyone else, get out, get out. And so I, I was crushed. I was, it absolutely crushed me. So her betrayal also cost you, or you felt like cost you relationships with other people. All three. In your, your, yeah, in your friend circle. And so it was a deep betrayal. It was a deep betrayal, but I had another friend who was close but more on the peripheral that she called this friend and more or less was trying to get her to uh, bail out. That friend called me and has been one of my best friends for, you know, for about 20-something years. So God immediately replaced friendships. And I look back and I can see that spiritually I was going in one direction and she was going in another. Joyce Myers says it like this, There can only be one me. And when somebody starts doing the things you do and starts saying the things you say and gives you too much attention 
and too much accolades, watch out because there can only be one you. And when I got down, it was perfect timing. She kind of swooped in. She's now doing the Bible study I was doing. She has all the friends. She had never even probably spoken to them before. Right, so just to explain what had happened is... uh you had introduced her to people inside of your friend circle. Right. And then when you hit a low point, she not only abandoned you, but took a lot of your friends right. that you had introduced her to, uh, you know, and they all moved on and sort of excluded you. Right. And so that was a deep betrayal. And I know people who are listening can relate to things like that. I've experienced, you know, maybe in a slightly different way, but I've right. definitely experienced those things. The part that I wanted to key in on is uh, you and I, when this had happened, I think it was me, I was listening to a series by Joyce Meyer, and I shared it with you, and you said that it became a rhema word to you. Right. When someone befriends you and decides that, and really at the root, it becomes, they become envious of who you are, and they want to mimic you and become like you and eventually become you. Joyce Meyer had said that she had experienced this in in her ministry before, that there can only be one authentic you, and in order for them to become you, then that means you have to die. And she said typically that's through character assassination. And, um, And so that's sort of, I guess, what you had experienced. But the Lord had to reveal that to you for you to see right what was going on. And then the Lord was so good that he replaced those relationships with what I would call more loyal and faithful and godly relationships. Yes, yes, absolutely. So I would encourage people that God is faithful and that if you will do right, He will take care of you and that you have to trust the Lord through those situations. Yes. The, The next situation, we had a betrayal of someone that my husband was in business with. And I told my husband at the very beginning, you don't need to be in business with him. You're unequally yoked. And the Lord kept telling me that. And I kept telling my husband, but sometimes you've just got to let people do what they want to do. And we went into business and... It wasn't that he wasn't a believer. He was a believer, but I don't think his roots went deep at all. Anyway, my husband would be out of town all week, and I would go to the to the uh, business and make uh, runs for them to the bank and things like that. And I went one day. Now, we had always been very cordial and, you know, high and everything. I went to pick up some things and he wouldn't look at me and immediately the Holy Spirit said something's wrong. So you heard that in mm-hmm. your spirit. You I heard did. the Lord speak to you and, and that's how you knew something's not right. Well yes and I I immediately in my own thinking went I bet he's got 
some of those uh, a Playboy book there because they <laughs> knew how I felt about stuff like that at our business. And that wasn't it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he was in the process of stealing, and he got about a half a million and put our business out. It was pretty large-scale embezzlement with, the, with yes, our business. Yes, a very good business. Yeah. yeah, a very good, lucrative business. And it was it was sad to see somebody you know, that would treat you like that. And we really would have trusted him with our kids or, you know, money, anything. And he was into some things that made him need a lot of money. And so that happened to us, that betrayal. And our children were young, and we had our house on the line if we didn't win our court case, we would lose our house, and we won the court case. The bank paid all of our debt, and but we didn't make any money. We walked out with one car, and that was it. We had nothing else. But all through those years, waiting for the court case, waiting for something to happen, uh, we went to the FBI, we went to the police, trying to get somebody to take care of this problem, and they wouldn't. And let me give all of you a little FYI, if you're th thinking about going into business with somebody. When you go into business with, with a person, it's almost like you're going into business, you're getting married to that person. And that person can go and write a check for $10,000, $20,000, whatever, and they can, can make you liable for it. And if you're the person, the only person that's still working, they're really going to come after you. So my advice is be very careful who you go into business with. Well, there's a scripture for that. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, Do not be unequally yoked. Amen. With That's right. So, you know, a business relationship is a covenant. Mm -hmm. And so be careful who you have covenant with because you may be responsible for what they do. Right. And you guys had to learn that the hard way. We learned it the a hard, hard way. We did get to keep our house. We... We won the court case, and it was over. And, you know, it was one of the easiest things I've ever done to make the decision at the onset when we knew what he had done to forgive him. Right. And the Lord had given you, you know, had the Lord not given you that and sort of prepared you, you know, imagine if things could have, you know, could have gone differently. I oh. guess the Lord prepared your heart not only to forgive him, but to to be able to to deal with all of the consequences and fallout and the legal and everything. And I know that season of our family, that was a faith walk, just to walk oh, through all of that. We learned <laughs> so, so much. And let me share this, that we had someone working for us, and they were real close to this person. And 
I don't know. The person just gave me the creeps. <laughs> Handsome guy. You know, real. He, he was a football player, and everybody knew who he was, but there was something about him that gave me the creeps. And one morning going to work, I said, Lord, what, what are we going to do about this? And the Lord told me, not speaking out loud, but in my spirit, go in and put Phil Driscoll on. I had a instrumental tape. Wor- Christian worship music. Yeah. Christian worship music. And um, him playing his horn. And I went over to my desk. I put that on very low. I'm not the kind of person, let me put this in your face and all this. I just put it on and put it very low. The guy came unglued. He said, I'm not, I'm not, uh, what was it exactly? He said something like, I'm not, I'm not going to deal with this. I can't deal with this. And he packed up everything he had, and he walked out, and we have never seen him again or heard from him. <laughs> How about that? I think he moved out of town. Yeah, even. who knows? Who knows? But God told me to do that, and it worked. Right. It worked. It's like Hebrews 4 that says the Word of God is sharp, powerful, you know, it works. And so when God told me to put that tape on, I did it and in obedience, and I immediately got to see the results. I almost felt bad. <laughs> like, you know, when you cuss someone out or something. Well, we may have to do a whole podcast on hearing from God, you know, prophetically navigating a business because, you know, our family is very entrepreneurial. We've had several businesses and between all of us. And uh, yeah, we've had about seven. Yeah, between us all. And so, and and we've always got side hustles. Yes, (laughs) always. uh, And so, um, but but just hearing, and, and most of them have been successful. And so yes. just hearing God's voice and letting the Lord lead you in business, you know, that uh, that's a standalone podcast. And so let's get back to betrayal, though. Okay. And I enjoyed those stories, but um, I, I do want to talk about betrayal. And you also, we had one other that we had thought of where you had a betrayal in ministry, in yes. the field of ministry. And I think... For our listeners, especially, this may be something that hits close to home. You know, we've had one in business, one with a close friendship, and and this one is uh, in ministry. And that does happen sometimes in the church, which really can add a whole confusing element about how to navigate those kind of situations. And so I'll just let you tell that story, too. Okay, I was in a church, and the the second pastor, associate, (laughs) he left that church and started his own. And so we knew each other very well. I always liked him, you know, very likable person. And I was at my shop, and there was some problems at that church that I was on the cusp of hearing the Lord tell me what I needed to do and where I needed to go. 
he came into my shop and he said, uh, are you happy where you're at? And I said, well, not really. And he said, well, I have always wanted a ministry like yours. I have a ministry that is called Fresh Oil. And fresh oil is when you come together, one has a psalm, one has a hymn, a word of wisdom, a tongue interpretation, a teaching. So it's not like I'm the one doing it all by myself. It's more or less I am a director of people coming in who have the gift of healing or want to tell uh, a teaching that God gave them. And music, yeah, music, music yes, any of that. We've even got two guy, two people that they do hip hop, and they've <laughs> done it, and it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, we just have all kind of different things. Right. And I have had this ministry for like 20, 20 plus years. Right. Anyway, so it's a proven, long-standing ministry. Never missed a never missed a time we're supposed to minister, except maybe I think once when snowstorm, we snowstorm, snowstorm, <laughs> something like that. Right. Anyway, so it's not a fire, a, you know, fly by night ministry. Anyway, so and we have lots of guests that are great names right. of people. Right. We've had some some. Uh, Television preachers come through as our yes. guests. Yes. So anyway. So. It's established. Yes. This person came and they just told me how they always wanted something like that in their church. And how he is the pastor and he wants that ministry there. And that he really feels like the Lord has led him to come and talk to me about it. And I absolutely thought so much of this person that I was like, okay, I'll, I'll pray about it. And so I ended up having my ministry there. And the very first meeting that he had, which was unbeknownst to me for about a year, Somebody else said, "What about that? What about that meeting those people are having here? They shouldn't be doing that here. They're using up our electricity." And right. And just to clarify, there was a, I guess, a, a board meeting, and yes. we weren't privy to that until no. later. But right. And that same pastor who had a month before told me how he wanted that and he needed that in his ministry, said, yeah, I know, I'm working on getting that taken care of. Yikes. Yikes. What a betrayal. Right. That pastor, to just tell you where it goes, that pastor is no longer pastoring. Right. The, well, I'll just make the story short because I think we've shared it on here before. Yeah, we have. And there's some other prophetic things that go in with this that we've shared, but uh, the denomination revoked his uh, credentials mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, for some other issues. 
So he, uh, nice guy, but he had some, some issues and <laughs> should not have been in, in ministry. And that was a sad, it was sad. It was he just sad didn't situation. know how to do things like right. that. He had actually, which I didn't know at that time, he had my son, he called him and said, I want you to be the uh, children's pastor. And my son went and built a stage and did all this stuff. And then they had a meeting and there were two other couples. And he said, what we're going to do here is we're going to just let all of y'all be the leaders and we'll see who shakes out and becomes the leader. Which was mis what which had he had misled he had all misled all of them, yeah. and my son just kind of stood up and said, "I'll make it easy on you. I did. I'm happy where I'm at. I don't need this, and I'm not gonna play, you know, like the game where you're survivor survivor." <laughs> he said, "That's not what you told me, and see you later." Yeah. Anyway, so. It's a betrayal. He kind of betrayed. He didn't have good character well, to begin he, with. Well, he wasn't equipped for that position. There was definitely a, a lack of experience or leadership qualities. Um, he was still very likable. I mean, I always yeah. liked him. It was kind of it was disappointing. All of it was disappointing. But I will say this, too. You know, uh, Pastor Beverly says this, and it's just a good rule of thumb in leadership that anything with two heads— is a monster. That's right. Or anything it with is. more than one head is a monster. And so remember that that there, you know, there's a there's a biblical formula for leadership, and you can really ultimately only have one leader. And, that's right. And that's a lesson. And that you know, just having if I had known that then, you know, that could have prevented some right. issues. But uh, let me just say this: that I believe almost all believers will go through a get. Simony time. Right. What is that? That's a time when you are all by yourself and you are praying like you've never prayed before and it changes you. And I went through a Gethsemane time and it did change me, but I wouldn't take anything in the world for that change. Because I did learn things in that garden with just Jesus that I would have never, ever learned had I been having the happy, fun, go lucky, you know, friendship. I wouldn't have had that. And if my mom wasn't really sick, it wouldn't have driven me to, to seek God with all my heart. And so... I have no ill will. I have no, I have, really, it's like it happened to somebody else and the person was a friend to somebody else. And it's like, I don't really know them and I don't know them anymore. Right. Because we've had no contact in 20 years. So the one thing I would say to anybody that if you are ministry-minded, and you are ministering to somebody, and they kind of take hold of you like you are my mom or my mentor or my best friend, my sister, just be careful to not break those lines of ministry to totally 
best friend. Right. Just uh, be sure that you have proper perspective on the relationship. Um, a, a relationship is a two-way street. You cannot have it all right. going in one direction. That's and not healthy. That, yes. <laughs> it's dangerous. And so, um, and let me just say this too. In Matthew 24, it says that many will betray in the last days. And oh, so, yes. you know, betrayal is something we face. And as believers, we need to deal with it. And I've got just some basic steps here. You know, number one, when you're faced with betrayal, pray. Take it to the Lord. Pray. Yes. Be, be uh, self-inflect. I mean, self-reflective. Yeah, self, uh, yeah, look at yes, yourself. Look first. at yourself, Check yourself first. Check yourself. <laughs> am I? Am I wrong? Am I doing this? Am I doing that? And uh, and I I cannot see that I was in the wrong. I right. I did everything according to the book. <laughs> right. So, first, so you know, first step is to pray, to really pray about it, to examine, you know, everything that's happening, to pray about it. Um, I would say this too. Uh, number two is to forgive. Yes. Um, and I'll give. A, and that's a choice. That is a choice. And and I'll give you Matthew six fourteen says, "For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father." will also forgive you. Amen. If you do not forgive others of their sin, the Father will not forgive you of your sins. Amen. That's strong. That's right. But that is the Bible. It's hard. And so forgiveness, and I just did a whole podcast on forgiveness and some steps to forgiveness, but that's something we have to choose as believers to do is uh, to realize that people are people and they're fallible. Yes. And even Christian people are fallible. And we have to choose to forgive people. And then I'll say this. Um, this is a step that I think is very practical and can be very prophetic. You know, you can be a victim or a victor. You can be pitiful or powerful, but you cannot be both. Not at the same time. You cannot no. be both. You've got to drop that victim mentality. That's right. It cannot be who you are. It cannot take over and... Oh, you know, there's that lady that had all those things happen to her. I would never want that. You know, that is not my DNA. Jesus Christ and Him crucified, that's what I want to be known as, a person that follows Jesus with all their heart. And so I am powerful. Right, and the, and these experiences have helped shape you. Yes. You've learned so much. You know, I can say the same for me. We learn from these negative experiences. We learn from betrayal to be wiser with who we yes. give our trust to. Yes. And to make wise decisions about trust. And, uh, you know, we just have to grow from these things. And, and you can even get to a place where you can look back with hindsight and not uh, celebrate it, but just be thankful for the growth that came out of those experiences. Yes, There's absolutely. lessons in the valley. You never get on the mountaintop. Absolutely. And so, like I said, you can be a victim or you can be a victor. And I choose victory. Amen. I do too. <laughs> it's a victorious life. Uh, the next one is to trust God. Trust God to restore you know, better relationships, trust God to yes. grow you through this, you know, and I will say this, I put it in the uh, forgiveness podcast, I believe, or the disappointment one, and that is uh, when you run around 
bad mouthing what happened yes. to you, crying on everybody's shoulder, whining and telling how oh, they betrayed me. You don't understand how they did me so wrong. When you do all that, it just demonstrates a lack of trust in God to yes. handle this. Take those tears to the Father. Just cast that up to heaven. Let it go. Give it to the Lord. It's a gift. So give them their forgiveness and then move on. You know, Beth, you don't just give them that gift, that you give that gift to you. That's right. So uh, someone said, why should you be allowing somebody's space in your mind, in your head, uh, to be even thinking about them? And so one of the things I want to end with for my part is that the very word carnal means emotion ruled. That's right. As Christians, especially women, we have got to get ourselves under the blood, under the control of the Word of God. And so if you are emotion ruled, Paul says, in this, you are yet carnal. And so, and to be carnally minded is death. Right, so we need to have spiritual response, not emotional response. Right, we actually need to respond to the Word of God. That's right. That should be our response. We should not react to what's happening but respond but respond to the word of god and keep the word of god before your eyes and i know that's hard you're navigating and you know the devil always makes sure you have a lot going on so the best thing to do is to be like abraham when the people were fighting amongst themselves and saying there's not enough room here, well, you know what? There's not enough room because there can only be one me. And if somebody else is trying to dethrone me, there can only be one. And so I would rather do like Abraham and say, pick what you want, you can have it, I'm going over here. And so we see that uh, that's where... Lot, he picked Sodom. And so, and you know what the outcome was there. And so I just choose to let them have it. Let them, you know, it's not mine anyway. It's God's. And so, and to not let it seep into my uh, emotions. Right. Yeah, you know, one of the quotes I think I gave last week on forgiveness was that forgiveness is to set a prisoner free only to realize that prisoner was you. Ah, yeah, yes. Yeah, such a good quote. And so, you know, that what that means is that unforgiveness can put us in a mental prison. Yes. And so when someone has betrayed you, let it go. Nice yes. Up. Give it up to heaven. Dear Christian, dear good, women, yeah. whether, and let me tell you, when you go around and you, especially about 
my the man that left me, my boyfriend, my husband, baby, all of daddy, the, baby daddy, whatever, <laughs> and you find an audience and you start telling them how horrible that person is, I'm telling you, listen to me. You're not doing yourself any favor because the very first thing I'm thinking of is the one that hollers the loudest is usually the most guilty. Yeah, there's there's nothing good that can come from just tearing people down and, and telling all their bad traits to everybody and how they done you dirty. And, you know, just let it go. Let it, it's not worth yes. it. Yes. Putting out another man's candle does not make yours burn brighter. That's right. So, you know, give it to God. That right there shows you have not given it to God. If you have that desire and urge to go and vilify the person that, quote, did you wrong, you know, and because people really... You don't need to do that because people are not going to, if you think that they're going to go, oh, you poor dear thing, that's not how it shakes out. Give it to God. Right. There's there's a lot of wisdom in that. And I'll, I'll leave us with my last practical point, and that is to be patient. You know, sometimes we want instant grits, and so um, we want the Lord to instantly fix our problems and, and our relationships, especially when there's betrayal, or instantly bring us new friends or new relationship or whatever. And so be patient. Um, you know, betrayal, like I said, never comes from enemies. It begins with trust. Yes. And you will trust again. God will heal your heart. He will heal you if you let him. But you yes. have to be patient. And like you said, you know, you can either wait on the Lord to do it His way, or you can get in there and try to fix it yourself, probably only to make a mess, a bigger mess out of things. Yes, and yes. And so be patient and give the Lord time and room to work. Amen. Thank Amen. you, Beth. Yes, thank you so much. Just speak the word over these situations. Forgive someone, trust the Lord, and be victorious. Grow from these experiences. Yes. All right, thank you. Thank you, Beth. today's podcast. Please be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll be informed next time I post. Thank you again and have a blessed day.